0: fish here from the it came from gen x podcast we're sharing this clip with you in case you're looking for some time with us but don't have time for a full episode you can find new episodes and new clips on all major podcast platforms while you're there give us a follow or subscribe full video episodes and segments can be found on our youtube channel at it came from gen x you can also find us on our very own channel on the Boss Code Media TV network. We hope you enjoy and hope to see you back. A couple game show notes are coming up in the news here, guys. So a couple, it's a changing of eras for a couple major game shows in a couple different ways here. Uh, not much to talk about here. I just thought this was, uh, you know, sort of interesting. The price is right. They are moving locations, and that's fine. But what's of significance here is that they're, they're moving out of the Bob Barker Studio 33 in Los Angeles, Television City. So that has been taping in that studio, wow. that that game show, for more than 50 years. So, wow. Uh, as they finished up the season here, they're moving to a different location. Everything will continue. Drew Carey did sign a contract. He's still coming back as host. He's been there for like 16 years now. Wow. Believe it or not. Yeah, time flies, man. Huh. Uh, so yeah, he, uh, he replaced Bob Barker in 2007 already. Nutty. And announcing his retirement from with the wheel of fortune. Pat Sajak has announced his retirement that his, Mm. that this upcoming season is going to be his last. Uh, Mr. Sajak is 76. He has been on that show for 41 years. This would be his 41st season. He started in 1981. Pretty mm. amazing. What a we talked about him before on the, on this uh show, I know, but what an amazing career and I, I just have to imagine that would be one of the most fun careers I would have to guess that one could have. And then it, See, game shows I, I, well. I see it
1: differently. You don't think I, so? It looks like that would be so boring day after day doing that. Ugh.
0: I don't <laughs> know, man. It's like you, you shoot a few episodes in a day. You don't do it all year round. You get summers off. It's not unlike a, a school no, teacher well, that's job. In some that's, respects. that's
1: great work. But you didn't say that. You, you said something different. Yeah, that would be a great job to have. Yeah, you said exciting. I don't see the excitement I, I in that, it. I,
0: I think it depends on what show it is. And if you get to interact with people and all that, I think all that would be kind of, and you see people win. Yeah, well, I'm talking about that
1: show in particular. I'm talking about The Wheel of Fortune in particular. Okay.
0: Yeah, I I I can see both sides Mm -hmm. of that. And then, you know, looking at this week in pop culture history, here, guys, you know, recently here in, let's see it, uh, on July the 12th, back in 1976, the original family feud Debuted with uh, the great uh, Richard Dawson. So, game show news in general made me think about um, uh, now. Certainly, uh, Family Feud has had different hosts. Obviously, Pat Sajak is retiring, and they've announced that Ryan Seacrest. You mean Wheel of Fortune is going to, is going to replace him on Wheel of Fortune? Right. That's right. So, I eh, that doesn't thrill me necessarily, but. Uh, Obviously, throughout the years, different game show hosts have come on to host game shows where somebody else hosted before. Now, you know, the original host may have retired. The original host may have passed away. They may have just stopped the show. They may have rebooted the show at some point or another where they've done a, you know, retooling and they put it back out in the 80s or recently, etc. Networks, as we know, even now. In The summers they've been doing uh, some classic game show, uh, you know, episodes through the summers in the evening, just to pull in a different audience and all that to give you something to watch while the network series are in reruns and all that. Mm-hmm. So, just interested, you know, give me like your top three, five, no particular order, of game show hosts that are hosting a game show or replace somebody uh, that you liked. Either it'd be more or at least as much as prior hosts. So we go around. We don't have to name all your list at once here. When we go around in a circle here and just, you know, Keith, why don't you give us one? Then we'll go to Skinner and then we'll just kind of go around. How about okay. that? Okay.
1: Oh, uh, well, definitely you, you, you mentioned Family Few and, uh, you know, we all grew up watching that. Uh, the premise of the show was fun to see if your mind is like, you know, the group that they survey. Uh if your thoughts were along with those thoughts. Um, uh, but man, the Steve Harvey just revitalized that oh, show man and and just yeah. a whole nother way. Um, uh, a whole new generation of fans, even. Um, uh, just an amazing, amazing transformation of a of a show. So he he's number one on my list without question. I'm not real big on game shows. I I, I absolutely detest Wheel of Fortune. Uh i find it mundane um but even the show that is my favorite uh gosh the people on it they're like (sighs) white piece of paper uh you know and i'm a jeopardy guy i love jeopardy i just thought trebek was just a classy guy but i i love things that you where you're learning something or you got to think i love stuff like that uh i've had some nights playing it where i've answered you know, 60% of the questions. And I've had nights where I don't know any of this stuff, you know? Uh, but, but even the people on that show, they just all seem to be the same. And when he interviews them after that first round, it's just so like, tell. So welcome, John. Uh, says here, you bought a cat. <laughs> yes, Alec. There was a cat for sale and, uh, I got my money and I bought it. Excellent. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, right. uh, mm. you know, I grew up watching, uh, obviously watching *Price is Right* like everybody else, uh, and Drew Carey was—I was a big fan of his when he was doing uh, uh, the Drew Carey Show. Uh, I seen Drew mm-hmm. Carey when he was on *Star Search*. That was my first time seeing him, so I've been following his career from the from the get go. So when he took over *Price is Right*, that was great. Uh, I don't watch *Price is Right* as an adult, but uh, I did grow up with Bob Barker. But my family feud's got to be my number one, we talk about a host taking over and just totally revitalizing that show. Very good. Well, so much for going around, Skinner. Yeah, no kidding,
2: right? (laughs) Who do you got? I had Steve Harvey as well on my list. Uh, Oh, yeah. like, Like he said, he just revitalized that whole show. They had some real stinkers as hosts on that show between Dawson and uh, Steve Harvey, like Louis Armstrong—not Louis Armstrong, but Louis uh, Anderson. Anderson. I mean, who thought that was a great idea? Um, did you guys yeah, he know? Was funny. Yeah, I mean, he's a funny guy, but that was not his premise. That show was not. Hmm. Uh, did you guys know Pat Sajak was not the first host of The Wheel of Fortune? Yes, he actually took over for after one season from Chuck Willary. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you think of Chuck Willary? Wow. He played. Another, he he did a lot of other ones, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's funny how that one worked out. But uh, <clears throat> you talked about uh, Drew Carey. I have Aisha Tyler on here from. She took over for Drew Carey for whose line is it anyway? Yeah, sure. That's not a necessarily draw. a game show host. But she did host that show for Drew Carey and really didn't miss a beat. No. Uh, Mm -hmm. I first learned of her from the show 24. Um, She was in the original 24 uh, television show and then got to know her after that and she was a a stand-up comedian. But she did really well as the uh, host for that show, uh, taking over for Drew Carey when he went to uh, Price is Right. Mm Mm-hmm. I won't do any more. I don't want to be like Keith, you know. <laughs> well, just going
0: on. well, a couple of events already. You know, I had Pat Sajak on my
2: list. I had uh, yeah.
0: Drew Carey. Uh, I have Steve Harvey, for sure. A very funny mainland Cleveland guy, by the way. Yeah. And uh, Alex Trebek was not the original host of Jeopardy! Uh, you know, obviously, you know, when that show restarted with him, he mm-hmm. you know, one of the greatest uh, game show hosts. Uh, of all time. Uh a couple more uh, growing up here. I used to love watching Password and Password yeah. Plus. Uh so it was like Alan Ludden, who was like Betty White's uh husband. He yeah. had that show for a long time. And then when he retired, uh Bert Conby came on to take over mm-hmm. that show. So you know Bert Convey was a definitely a, a staple in our our young lives on hosting various yeah. game shows like win Lose, or draw he did for a long time and this and that so but he came on and did uh, password and then it became password plus i used to love that game show i think Bert combi did a great great job with that so one of my favorite super, game show host of all time good
2: then they did one more and did super password which is his last one
0: yeah but just anyway, a lot of fun the
2: last the last co-host or last person on there
0: there you go. So Bert Convey did a great job. And then I remember when they relaunched, I used to like watching the original Hollywood Squares of Peter Marshall in the 70s. With Paul oh, yeah. And oh, yeah, that was stuff.
1: just fun. That was just fun. Yeah. yeah.
0: That was great. And Peter Marshall was phenomenal. And then you might remember they they brought it back in the 80s with, remember, John Davidson hosted yep. that show. Yep. He used to be on That's Incredible yep. and all that oh, stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, later became, you know, but, anyways. In the 80s, he was a stable there for a while. I thought John Davidson did a, a great, great job with Hollywood Squares in the 80s. I used to really like watching watching him. What was
1: the game there. show? Something to do with cards. It was like three screens and they would pull the lever. Uh, that was Joker, uh, Joker's Joker, Wild. Joker's Wild. That show I loved.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I loved
1: Joker's That was a great Wild. show.
0: And you know who came back, by the way to to who's who hosted new episodes of The Joker's Wild? Noob Dog. That's right. That's right. I don't know if I saw him it. or did. not, but yeah. Okay, yeah, good stuff, for you guys. <laughs> anybody out there listening has any uh, you know any thoughts on some of your favorite game show hosts who replaced others, we'd love to hear from you as well. <laughs> fish here from the it came from gen x podcast we hope you're enjoying the show if you are tell a friend and if you're not well tell two enemies
2: hold it, hold
0: it, hold it. Good one, sir. you never know when the blitz is on but if you don't pick it up on time you're looking at a 300 pound sandman NFL 94 for Sega Genesis and Super NES. Full season schedule and bigger faster players ready to tuck you in. If it's in the game,
2: EA Sports. It's in the game. Starting
1: with Sports. Um Obviously, the big story is, uh, ESPN losing billions of dollars in revenue, uh, over the last year, uh, caused them to thin the herd, as Skinner said. And some names who have been synonymous with ESPN have been let go. And when I say synonymous, I mean, been there 15, 20, 27 years. Um, just unbelievable to think of some of these people's not being there anymore. So I'm just real quick, uh I'm gonna go down some of the names, some really, really big names. Uh Jeff Ben Gundy, uh, you know, he rose to prominence as a New York Knicks basketball coach and then the ESPN analyst. I mean, Gundy is like on all the games. I mean, this guy's mm-hmm. voice, uh, you know, you you just so used to hearing him if you watch a lot of basketball. Um, Jalen Rose, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he got famous and when he played for Michigan, one of the Fab Five freshmen. Um married uh Molly Karam, I don't know how you pulled that one off. Uh, but he's been let go as well, which he should have been let go because he can't speak proper English, but that's just me. Uh Max Kellerman, uh a really big name because he's one of the young guns. Um he just spent quite a few years, about five years on ESPN first take with Stephen A. Smith. He was let go of that job. Of course, he uh was synonymous with HBO boxing. And then the ESPN hired him, and uh he's gone. Keyshawn Johnson is gone. Todd McShay is gone. How do you let go Todd, Mc- Todd McShay? And, and uh what's his name? Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, they are the draft. Mm. You know, I, I don't understand how you're going to do the draft, and Todd McShay is not part oh, of it. Mel Kiper Jr. Mel Kiper, yeah, I'm about. sorry. Mel Kiper right. and Todd McShay <laughs> are the draft as far as I'm concerned. Let mm-hmm. everybody else go. Um, and and when you think of his name, this guy, him and Mel Kuiper put in so much work, so much research all year long to know something about every player in the draft. It's amazing when you sit and listen to him talk. I can't believe this guy's been fired. Um couple more quick names here. Uh the names I think that blew me away the most, and I can't say I'm surprised. Uh she was getting a little long in the two. But then again, I am surprised, and that is the great Susie Culver. <coughs> been mm-hmm. there over 25 years. Uh, she's been let go. Matt Hasselback, been there quite mm-hmm. a while. He's been let go. So uh just some really, really big names. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, who's been called the face of ESPN at the moment, their highest paid on-air personality, he's still there at the moment for now as the article says but guys i thought it'd be cool first of all your comments on some of the layoffs and over the years there have been so many that have come and go uh on espn uh some we like some we don't like and i thought we could just talk about some of our favorite or our favorite on-air personality on espn let's get start with you fish well, I mean, as and
0: far as the layoffs are concerned, it's like, you know, there's, yes, like you say, very prominent names on that network for several, several mm-hmm. years. So it really is unfortunate. I mean, I understand the changing landscapes of what people are consuming. You know, so much content uh, competition out there. I'm sure it's uh, very difficult with on the network. And
1: you know, it's, yeah. it's I think, just, I think you're, I, I think that's the meat of the, the, the issue here. What is causing ESPN to lose revenues, revenue to cause these layoffs.
0: I mean, you think about it anymore. It's like you—you you, you think back in the day, you would just put sports if you wanted to get sports highlights. You—you mm-hmm. you would throw on ESPN and just yeah. let it sit, and you would watch you know, Sports Center, et cetera. It, you know, that's 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 all in the past. I mean, it's still yeah. on the air, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But you know, for them to generate revenue, you got to rely on. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly on-air commercials and all that, but you got to try to be creative with the streaming. People just pull up the yeah. ESPN app or otherwise. You, you can watch sports highlights across yeah. a thousand different areas I on, gotta, the, I uh, gotta on your phone. i got to be honest with you, Fish,
1: my, There yeah. was a time when my TV stayed on ESPN, and I sure. can't tell you right now when the last time I watched it.
0: Yeah, it, me either.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: So it's too bad. I mean, wow. yeah. as far as some of the favorites, I mean, going back for me, my personal favorite all time uh, has been, probably always will be Chris Berman. Probably the godfather of ESPN. I mean, that mm-hmm. guy just took these sports to highlights to another level. So much fun. He, his mm-hmm. name was synonymous with the NFL highlight. Obviously, he still does yeah. some appearances and different things on ESPN Plus or whatever. And you can catch him on, uh, you know, Monday Night Football and stuff mm-hmm. when the ESPN has that at halftime. But yeah, his catchphrases and excitement and everything like that made you excited to watch uh, football and other sports. So, you know, okay. he's the king, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, been around for a while. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right,
2: Skinner? Yeah, I was looking up Chris Berman because of baseball. You watch, uh, sure. he, he was big with the Home Run Derby during the All-Star Weekends. Yeah, that's right. And his catchphrase, back, 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 back on the, mm-hmm. on the home runs. But I'm gonna bring up the late Stuart Scott. He's always yeah, was that's one my, of my, that's my one guys. of my favorites. He was good. He the was guy good. was nothing but total class from top to bottom. And what he meant to ESPN and what he meant to a lot of people around the world uh, in the sports industry is just, you know, bar none. Yeah. As um, cool as the other side of the pillow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> always one of his catchphrases. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
2: he had a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Booya! <laughs> you know, and we talked about the drugs with the cancer, and for the Stuart Scott at forty-nine years old to lose his life to cancer mm-hmm. is just a travesty. To yeah, well, to uh, not only his family but to all his friends and all his fans and the sports world in, in general. Uh, but Stuart yeah. Scott to me is one of the
1: one of the best that ever yep. came on the air with the ESPN. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh there's been quite a few that I've liked over the years. Uh there's some on there now that I like. But I I think Stuart Scott, to me, his time there, he is what made uh ESPN hip. He he brought it mm-hmm. into yeah. to the limelight. You know, he he's he'll always be my favorite. Um he had a great combination of creativity. He had the voice. Uh, and he just came up as a really, really cool guy. Um, I've always loved Susie Colbert. I thought mm-hmm. she was just, just really just cool at what she did. Now she did it. She looks like she's never aged, uh, a lick. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she's synonymous with ESPN too. Um, yep. and, and I, and, and, and I'm gonna, this is not a person, but the ESPN commercials to me are just, mm-hmm. Legendary. They're just absolutely fantastic. Um over the yeah. years, different stars. I there's so many to name that I love. Mm-hmm. But they've been so creative, so awesome. Uh and, and you know, they do things that kinda kinda cross the line a little bit of uh, pretending who that person is. Like when they did uh who's the hockey player for the uh Capitals? Uh I'm having brain farts tonight. Uh finally won his first Stanley Cup. Uh you're asking the wrong people for that. <laughs> oh okay, but anyway, you know, he's rushing and then they they had him, you know, being lowered from the ceiling, uh, you know, stealing documents and little things like that. And then of course the you know, the, the LeBron one. Uh I love that with his throat. Yeah. Yeah. I think, then, I think that's my chair. It's like a guy's like, nope, he's just yeah, in the throne clearly. Yeah. Or or the one with LeBron <laughs> where he he's in there having to do all this this these copies. And and Stuart Scott, they go chosen one, huh? <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, Yeah, just kind of making fun of that whole thing. So, That's um, good. they've had a lot of great personalities over the year. Um, right now, man, they're they're some of the personalities are more known for being hated than anything. Of course, Skip Bayless, who's now with Fox, but he mm-hmm. was there. He was a uh antagonist, if you will. Um, a lot of people can't stand Stephen A. Smith um i i used to love the guy i can't stand him anymore um uh, but they had some great ones and of course uh who's the ballhead guy he has a late night show i can't think of his name at the moment but i uh, i think he's really cool uh they got some really cool oh, people. yeah, on. yeah. uh yeah. you know what i'm talking about uh rich eisen was cool when he was on there uh kenny main has always been cool uh mm-hmm. i never liked jamel hill uh I, she just didn't know what she was talking about. She should have kept her mouth off of football, especially things she didn't know she was talking about. She made a comment one time, and, and don't, this has nothing to do with her being a woman, but if you don't have the experience to back up what you're talking about, in other words, if you'd ever played football, shut your mouth. But she was talking about, uh it was a Dallas Cowboys uh, hard knocks episode, and Dallas wouldn't play another team, now, it wasn't a scrim- uh, scrimmage. It was, uh, or a uh, preseason. It was just, it was like a scrimmage, you know, just that they're both in camp and they wouldn't play at each other, kind of work out against somebody else. And a fight broke out and a lot of the Dallas players went and had another player's back, you know, and her comment was, I don't understand that fight. It was stupid. What they think because they had. Uh, another player's back that's going to galvanize the team or something. I don't think so. That's stupid. And I'm like, that's exactly what it does, you moron. You got guys who are fighting against each other for spots. They don't like each other. It takes something like that to say, hey, you know what? We're all wearing the same jersey, and we're a team, and you want to fight for your brother. And I was like, you know what? Every sport I've ever played, a fight has done wonders for a team. I don't care if it's football, basketball somebody hits your teammate and everybody jumps, it brings you together. It's also a guy thing, too, if you will. And to make the comment that, oh, I don't think so, I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking about. So they've had some people on there that should have kept their mouth shut, but she's no longer there. Uh But uh I hope all these people land on their feet because they've done a wonderful job of the year, most of them. Uh, but, man, life is changing. Life is mm-hmm. changing. TV is changing. I can't remember the last time I watched ESPN. I will jump online and get my sports news. Uh, I'll, I'll catch clips on Facebook, YouTube, wherever, but I just don't sit and watch ESPN anymore. First of all, you always got to sit and wait for the story to come back around that you want to see. Now you can Mm -hmm. instantly pull up what story you want to talk about. So ESPN is going to have to do a lot of changing if it wants to survive in today's media. So.
0: Back in 19,
2: it's it's crazy it's been
0: this long already. 1999 was the first found footage film. Most people have seen the Blair Witch Project. At the time, it was, uh, you know, very different. You know, you didn't see anything like this on the screen. Uh, Some people certainly believed it, thought it was a real thing. Uh, so it was terrifying for a lot of people. Here. And then from there, as we know, you yeah, know, that sort of became a trend with the various yeah, movies right. trying to recapture the magic of the Blair Witch <laughs> yeah. Project. So what do you guys think of, of found footage films? Are you a fan? Not so much. Has it been anything even remotely close to the Blair Witch Project in your time? Keith, what do you think about that?
1: No, I don't think I can think of. I don't really watch stuff like that. I did watch the Blair Witch Project when it came out years ago. Uh, I had mixed feelings about it. I thought it was cool to do something different. I gave it some credit because I thought at the very least, it was trying to really cap capsulate what real horror was about, and that was the imagination. Mm -hmm. You know, today it's all gore fest. You know, How gross can we be? How shocking can we be? But if you go back to some of the great Anthony Perkins psycho movies and some of the 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 other stuff, it was all about the imagination, the anticipation, the music. You didn't even have to see, you know, certain things, you know, just insinuate. Um And so I give you credit for that. But I haven't seen anything even, you know, that I've watched. I don't really watch that stuff, so I wouldn't know. Okay, hey, good point. Skinner?
2: I was not big into that. The Blair Witch, to me, was very hokey. I... I I thought it was cool that they spent very little money and made lots of money from it. That's right. You know, it was like $15,000, I think, was the whole production for the movie, and they ended up making hundreds and hundreds of millions. $250
0: million, It grossed. Uh, yeah. Nearly million I mean, yeah. $250 worldwide.
2: How about that. And I think wow. they spent fifteen grand to do the whole thing. So uh, kudos to them for making something out of nothing. Um not my thing. I love horror movies. I love good horror movies, uh, but the supernatural stuff like that—yeah, it, w- it wasn't really me. Didn't, yeah, didn't watch it.
0: Very good. Yeah, Keith you had a great point there too. That it really—it it was a lot of imagination. in That movie. You're right. Yeah. I don't remember they even even showed a witch. No, ever not in at that all. movie. You it go back to like the Al- and the ritual stuff, and all that stuff. And, yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the woman being terrified and scared. Yeah. Obviously the whole scene with her in the tent and all that. So you mm-hmm. definitely put you out there with that, with those, uh, people that they were definitely terrified of something
2: that was out there.